in our motivational series in January, we are on the secrets of divine success. The secrets of divine success. Now, there are two words here that we must attend to, and that is divine and success. Anybody, honestly, can be successful. Anybody can be successful. And the truth is, let, let me give you an instance. Look at this. This paper is on the floor, right? I want to pick it up. If I pick it up, what would I say? I have successfully picked it up. And for that, I don't even need the help of God. Because the way God has created this earth, as we learned last week, that dominion was given to the world. But beyond that dominion, there was a will. And this means that God will never impose anything on you. I will explain that very, um, very soon. But this means that you can do and undo. The Bible says that if these people continue like this, what they have imagined, they will build it. That was in Bethel. With the King Nimrod. They wanted to build a tower to heaven. And they were going to do it. Till today, the Egyptian pyramids are one of the wonders of the world. That people are wondering, how can they be so ancient? And yet strong in engineering. They weren't worshippers of God. They worshipped idol, sacrificed human beings. But yet they are successful. The richest men in the world today, they have so much money and many of them don't even believe in God. The only person that openly believes and um, talks about God is maybe um, uh, uh, I've forgotten his name now, but um, he's into investments and all. He used to say he doesn't like cryptocurrency. If you can remember his name, you just a light. But the point is, many of the richest men in the world openly deny God. It means that there are things that you can accomplish without God. That is not the success we are here to talk about this morning. You see, the one we are talking about this morning is called divine success. Now, that divine success has a meaning. For success appeared, funny enough, in the King James Version only once in the Bible. And that was in Jeremiah. Not Jeremiah. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Okay. Can we look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, please? Let us look at it together. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. That was the first place we saw success in the Bible. And I will explain how it was described. Can we read together like a mass choir? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate thank you for this version on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will be blessed you'll be successful now sometimes in the bible when you see the word and is from the word kai in translation and sometimes it doesn't mean a conjunction or two separate things. Sometimes it means you will be prosperous. That is, you will be successful. From the word, the, um, the Hebrew word, sokal, we see the meaning of success to mean to be. Sokal, if you're writing S-A-W-I-F-N-K-A-L, it means to be, to be, or to become prosperous. Prosperous on its own, synonym to be. So
God will not do anything on earth until somebody has to do it. The only thing in the Bible that God did without anybody asking was salvation. And the reason was simple. We were too dead in our sins to want life. A dead man cannot even speak. So it is understandable why God had to come and help. But you see, I spoke about something called the will earlier. The will that God has given to man is the reason why God cannot do anything for man except man permits him to. God will not give you a soulmate unless you tell him that God, I trust you for one. You can choose your own. It is allowed. But you will be on your own. If you're going to take a job, talk to him. Carry him along. It doesn't cost anything. It is free. But he won't force anything on you. God will never force success on any man on earth. He will never force anything on you. He will not give you what you are not asking for. He won't. He won't. Because you yourself, you are a God. So you have will. The moment God begins to force things on you, then it means we are robots. It is your androids that you tell to wake you up by, 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 by 5.30. And it obeys you. It doesn't have a will of its own. It has to obey you. If your phone had a will of its own, eh, it will not break the screen. Whenever you want to put it in a careless place, it will, it will tell you that I can't stay here. Hallelujah. So God doesn't do anything on earth except it's permitted. This is, let this sink into your heart that God must be told. You must tell him. You must tell him. Jesus Christ could have just been healing everybody. But there were places where the Bible says that the creator of the whole world could not do much miracles. Was it because he didn't have the power? No. It's because the people didn't want him. If you reject God, God will not reject you, but God will let you be. He will not force anything on you unless you permit him. There is this mindset that we have that, ah, God, God, will, he will step in now. He will step in. He will help when things go wrong. Why don't you carry him before things go wrong? Okay. I might say some things this morning, but that might be a little controversial. But honestly, that's just how I see God sometimes. In fact, by the reason of the scriptures, if, for instance, by the grace of God, all of us here, we have children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Well, I was calling my friends that, see, for me, oh, children is not a, if God delays um, to release a baby, for me, I wasn't saying for us, <laughs> I was saying for me, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't even bother. Because there are many children in the world in the first place without parents. Go and pick one. That's how I see it. But if I say, okay, God, by all means, I, I'm just saying that, so on my own priority, that is not necessarily one of them. Okay? And... But that won't happen to me, of course, because my other partner does not want it. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make 
is we have a choice. You have the right to say God should step away from your situation and he will leave. Check the scriptures. He doesn't force himself on anybody. Carry him along. Hallelujah. If you are writing because of our time, you can add another scripture, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. And then it says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean on our own understanding. Can we look at verse 6, please? I want us to look at this together critically. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can also add Romans 12, 12. It says, praise, uh, it says um, that I should be instant in prayer there. Hallelujah. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your insight or understanding. Please go to verse 6. Look at this. Can we read this together like a mass choir? In, please, how many? What should we do? Please, we must do that. This is why this is the first thing. Because God is divine. You cannot have a divine support without inviting the divine. Hallelujah. And what will he do? This means he is doing things that you cannot do. That is what we call divine success. That is a divine support. Tell God. It doesn't cost anything. It is free. The next thing is the word of God. Many people would say the second truth is have the knowledge of the word of God. The word of God, I mean what he has said. People are always like, what is God's will? And the only time they ask that question is when they're about to get married. But the will of God should be, should be knowledgeable. I mean, the, the knowledge of God, of the will of God, should be imprinted in the soul of every believer. Amen. Psalm. Psalm chapter 1 verse 3. Psalm chapter 1 verse, no, verse 2. It says that, but his delight is in what? His delight is in the law of the Lord. Then verse 3 says what? It says such a man. Can we go to verse 3? And said he will be like what? A tree. How? Firmly planted and fed by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season that its time will not be against you. Its leaf does not wither and whatsoever prosperity follows. Success follows. Amen. Praise Jesus. But it comes with the knowledge of the word of God. One of the things that we read in our beginning scripture, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it says that this book of the law shall not depart. Hallelujah. Please, can we look at um, Psalms chapter 7? Psalms chapter 19 verse 7, rather. Psalms chapter 19 verse 7. Psalm 19 verse 7. It says, can we read together like a mass choir? The law of the Lord is what? And what? Flawless. Restoring and refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are reliable and trustworthy, making the wise simple. The person, I mean, making wise, the simple. The simple in the Bible are usually referred to people that not necessarily intelligent. It means the book of God, the law of God can make you wise. It gives wisdom. 
honestly, I began, I began to succeed academically when I received Christ. Because I just had common sense. I cannot cheat in example. Simple thing. What was the solution? Read. Common sense. Of course, I don't need to be a Christian to know that. But for me personally, I became a Christian before I, before I acknowledged that. That I can't cheat in example. Hence, I must read. Until I left. If you ask me, you're on your own. And don't even, don't even think about me asking you. There was a time somebody, I made a mistake in a graph. I, I drew the wrong one. And somebody told me to correct it. Initially, I was doubting that maybe I would still cancel it and do the other one. But because that person spoke, I deliberately didn't change it again. Yeah. There was a day the pressure was so much on me. This guy was asking me, hey, Jesus, how's the Mandra level? He was asking, asking. Then I just started talking. You know, when you are really saved, it's hard for you. So you cannot be unsaved anyway. But it's hard for you to do some things that you don't, you've stopped doing. So I didn't know that I was not as good as I used to be. They caught me after five seconds. I didn't, I didn't talk much. But I'm not used to that life again. And that was the last time I ever, I didn't even use, so, uh, ah, um, Baba Dila, I'll go sit down beside you. Ah, chairman, you know, say, I know they ask person question. And if you ask me to, I know go fiance you. Simple. And I got that from the wisdom from the word of God. That you cannot have unjust weight. Okay? I wasn't much of a student, really. I was more like a full-time person in in the church. I wasn't in the school fellowship. So sometimes during the exam, my church used to have VG. You know, in the school fellowship, they will stop all those kind of activities so everybody will read. But I have to be active in church too. But you see, this scripture became a reality in my life. God helped me. People would have been reading from morning when I just get to this thing. Ah, I'll be getting to school to go and read around maybe 11 p.m. because I used to stay in town. And where the strength will come from? I'm just coming from a concert. And where the strength will come from, I don't know. That is supernatural aid. And I will read. Eh? I will read better than all the people that have been reading since. I don't even always waste my time. I will just leave Okay. This one will come out. This one will come out. This one will come out, too, but I won't do it. It's coming around maybe number five or number four. But since it is answer four questions, I, leave, I will leave this one. This one I will do it. This one I will do it. And that's what I will read. I tell you before God and man, that was how I finished school. And you will see people carrying book and they are not even scoring higher than you. Number three, unwavering focus on the goal through faith. It means believe. Somebody tell your neighbor, say believe. Hallelujah. It is free. Believe. Trust God. Can we look at um, two, two scriptures? We'll just look at briefly. The one we discussed earlier, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. But let us look at verse 30. This story is the story where they saw the apostles were on the sea, and they saw Jesus coming from afar. And they wanted to tell him, and they said they were afraid initially, but Jesus Christ said they should come, because they saw he'd been walking on water. 
And he said, he said they should, he said, Peter, come. And you see what? Divine, supernaturally, divinely, Peter stepped on water. Peter stepped on water. There are some ridiculous things that happen in the Bible. There was a time a man was using an axe, and the metal from the head of the axe fell into the water. And this axe is not my own, he cried to Elisha. This axe is not my own. What can I do? What can I do? Look at the man's face. How did, what did he expect Elijah to do? What did he expect Elisha to do? To jump into it and bring it up. And I think that river used to flow very strong. And this man cut out a wood and threw it into the water. And the wood sank to the base of the water. And metal floated. Don't bother doubting God. It's a waste of emotion. Trust him. Peter walked on water. But verse 30. Can we look at verse 30? Matthew chapter 14, verse 30. But, can you, can you say but? This is where you need the focus. Somebody said that anything you say before the word but becomes irrelevant. Something like, ah, I will do it all, but. When you see but, yes sir, just remove your heart, it's over. But when he saw the effects of the wind, many of us get to that point in our lives. You've trusted God. You've started walking on water. You are doing impossible things. But you went to WhatsApp and you saw on his status. How many of us can relate? Uh, it's true. Somebody somewhere that you don't even know if the person is intelli intelligent. He just posted something. A foolish person can speak to you online and you think the person is wise. But. Or you already enjoying the journey. God is so good. You've even shared testimony. But. Something goes wrong. Something goes wrong. What will you do? What will you do? You are tired of eating manna. Father, you're wrong with me. I need meat. I need to eat meat. You cannot even humbly talk to God again. We can so nag in our generation. We are so entitled. And we don't like God. But yet, when it's convenient, we acknowledge God. It's like somebody who posts something now that exalts God. And the very next post will contradict what was before. And you'll be wondering, why is this guy confused? Or does he not understand what he just posted? Many of us are like that. But, can we go back there, please? But the wind, but when he saw the effects of the wind, it was what? It's normal. If you're afraid, it's okay. It's okay. But do what Peter did. And, when he, and he began to sink because Satan might have gotten access. Amen. You know what the Bible says? It says, submit yourselves unto God. 
submitting yourself under his own prostration. Even though in that is the essence of worship, that's the meaning to prostrate or something. But it is, it is in, in faith, submit yourself unto God. He now says resist. Resist means confront the devil. That was what Peter did. And he did what? So in the middle of the journey, when things get tough, don't forget to do what? Cry out. Let the person that started his journey with you continue it with you. There was a man called Gehazi in the Bible. He was a, um, a disciple of Elisha. The army were coming. He was afraid. And he must have wondered why Elisha wasn't bothered. Elisha now opened his eyes. And he saw the host of heaven that were standing on their own side. I'm sure guys, hey, Emma, boy, Emma, boy, that's what we say next. Always have that assurance that any journey you take God along, he won't leave you halfway. He says that, behold, I'm with you how long? Always. <laughs> Even to the end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The next thing, well, you can write all this also, Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. Something happened. The Grecian women were not being saved among their earlier Christians. That is the Greek-speaking Hebrew women. They were not being saved. And they needed to solve that problem. That was a distraction for the apostles. In verse 6, can we look at verse 6? In verse 6, we saw it, how Peter acknowledged that problem as a distraction. They had a, a mandate, preach the gospel, right? But there was something else that was coming to the way. When meaningless things begin to happen in the church, that some things that don't make sense, uh, people are fighting, are blowing it out of proportion. I will show you, I will do this. You just know that this one is carnal. It's not growing. It's carnal. It's not spiritually minded. A spiritually minded person will have focus on the goal. Look at verse 6. They brought this man before the apostles, and after praying, they laid hands on them to dedicate them and commission them for service. Can we look at verse 5? There's something I want to show to us there. No, verse 4, rather, I'm sorry. Verse 4. Before he, he, he brought in the solution, he stayed focused. He said that what? Can we say together to go? But we will continue to devote our own self steadfastly to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Let somebody else and do that. Don't come here and bring a meaningless problem to burden us. Have your focus. Amen. Be focused on him. Okay? Don't debate. Don't be distracted. Learn the trade. That is the next thing. Learn the trade. It means have knowledge of where you are going to. Very, very important. Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 10 to 11. Learn the trade. Look at. Do you know? Please, can we all look up, please? Just pause your writing for a moment. Can we all look up? Do you know that to become a doctor, 
you don't need to pray. You don't need to be born again. Do you all agree with me? Do you all agree with me? If you want to become a doctor, what, what should you do? Go and study medicine. Shebi, am I right? You remember where we started from? That there are successes that you don't even need God to be involved in your matter. Because the way he has created the world, he has given men enough intelligence to get things done. Amen. So if you want to be a... You know there were some things that some people used to do in school. And we see them. When we see them, we caution them. When your mates are reading, they are reading seriously. And you spend time. All your time studying your Bible and praying. Do you know that you will fail that exam? By the grace of God. You will fail that exam. The earlier years I was talking about, I was actually reading my Bible more than I was reading my books. But I tell you something, I was reading my books. I was really, really reading it. Okay? So have knowledge of where you are going to. Have knowledge of your trade. There's one more scripture I would like us to look at. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 12. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay, let us look at this. For wisdom is what? Even money is, please, I, I, used, to, I used to not value money. I used to not value, I was so broke. <laughs> value money, okay, next thing. But the excellent advantage of, look at, the excellent advantage of knowing wh what you are doing, knowing the trade, is what? KJV still use the word um, knowledge there. So knowledge is interchanged with wisdom sometimes in the Bible. But somebody now defined and said, well, wisdom is the right application of knowledge. Know what you are doing. Okay? Know what you are doing. God will not force knowledge into your head. How many people have you seen that when they, became, when they received Jesus Christ, the whole Bible just entered their head? Even spiritual Bible, even spiritual Bible, you must devote time to read it. So if you want to design an AC, your own type, what did you do? You begin to study on it. Eh? It's not the Bible you go and read to be a doctor. It's not the Bible you read to be a lawyer. People always say that the Bible has the answer to everything. Well, what about balancing chemical equations? Who wrote that one there? You go to school for that. Learn your trade. What I'm currently doing now, I didn't pay a dime to learn it. All I, I did was data. That's why sometimes if you chat with me, I will see it though, but I can't reply immediately if it's not business. Because at that point, I'm most likely to be watching a tutorial video. There are many on YouTube. Many. I wanted this. And I went to look for people that are already doing it to teach me. So learn your trade. Don't expect that it's your prayer point. Well, there are times that prayers come in. We've explained that. That when divine assistance come, it is to aid you, right? It's to support you, to remove obstacles from your way. To open doors for you that normally your own strength wouldn't. 
But when God opened an amazing door for you, and you get to the front of the chairman, and they ask you the most basic thing, and you cannot answer it. Now you see why you will not even get to that door at the first place. Because God will not bother. Say, this guy is not, he's not serious. He's foolish. There used to be a skit they used to do in one fellowship. Sometimes on weekdays, I go there to fellowship with them sometimes. They used to do two, two men. During the exam, one will be reading. He will have prayed, then we start reading. The other one, ah, ah, brother Solo, I've not seen you reading. My brother, God will do it. He will just go away. How do you expect such a man to pass? He can't pass now. He will fail. So ensure you learn the trade. Jesus Christ did not come to, to, to this world with carpentry. He learned it new. He learned it. He learned it. Carpentry, didn't, the knowledge of carpentry didn't follow him to this world. He learned it. You must learn the trade. Apostle Paul did not become the best tent maker. He learned it. He learned it. You will learn it. You must learn. Amen. You must learn. In your school, be serious. For those of us that are still in school, be serious. Be serious with knowledge. Desire knowledge. I used to tell, whenever um, Pastor uh, mentored me in the career I picked earlier, and I was always desirous to hear his comment. I think sometimes I might be thinking maybe I'm uncomfortable about the boy, but most of the time I'm anticipating. Let this man correct me. Let him not tell me how, what will make me feel good. I don't need it. I need to get better at this. Correct me. And it was, whenever he implants a knowledge upon me, and I try it, and I see that, ah, this looks better. Learn. Amen. Finally, set your priorities right. I stepped into a shop a day around 12 noon. In the shop, these women were doing Bible study and praying. 12 noon. Business hour. And you, op you have the gut to open the shop down. I went there. They were, they were, they were even act as if in their mind, they are spiritual. They didn't even act as if somebody was there to come and patronize them. You expect me to ever step my feet into that shop again? They are not serious. They are not serious. They don't have, they don't have their priorities right. They are doing something good at the very wrong time. Even respect me enough to close your shop. Set your priorities straight. If you want to move forward in life, I used to tell people when they gain admission that I can determine what you will leave your school with based on your friends. I can, I can predict your CGPA based on your friends. I can. I can. Set your priorities right. I've told you guys a story before. When I received Christ, my friends that we used to gallivant around do meaningless things. They will come in the morning and they will see me reading my Bible. Ah, okay. They took me to the church where I received Christ too. They, do, they were the one that took me there. Ah, no Allah, we will come back. After one hour. How far? 
you are still seeing me in the same spot. I'll just look at the door. They will come to my room. Just look at the door. Ah. Okay, I will come back. Two hours later, they will come back and see me in the same spot. I received Jesus Christ. I needed to know more. My priorities changed. It had to. It had to. No, nobody even preached to me to start with. But along the line, ah, I just I was putting puzzles together. Then I went to ask my pastor. I said, sir, so this was what happened in the beginning. He said, yes. So when Jesus came, when we received Jesus, he said, yes. And honestly, that was how I received my salvation because I believed what was told in the Bible. Amen. Praise God. Saints, praise God. Set your priorities right. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. What does it say? Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. I want us to read it together like a mass choir. To everything and a to everything you will do on earth there is a time for it. Know when to pray and know when to read your book. Set your priorities straight. How can you be in the church and you are playing games on your phone? How ridiculous is that? Why are you even here? Why? Is it not better for you to just stay at home and be making money? You are not even doing something important. You are pressing, you are playing game. Eh? Chatting. You are in church, you are chatting with somebody else at home. That doesn't have a, 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 a clear vision of where they are going to. You want to become a doctor. You are found around Yahoo boys. They are your, 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 your closest pal. You are a Christian and everybody on your contact are ungodly. You're a Yahoo doctor. Say <laughs> you be a Yahoo doctor. They cannot help you. It's, this is just the truth. At 12 years old, Luke chapter 2. Jesus Christ was, they were looking for him for days. And they found him in the temple. He wasn't talking with his mates there. Because his mates would have followed their parents. He was reading the law. He was studying. He was speaking to people that would take him to where he's going to. Set your priorities straight. I've seen grown-ups behaving like babies. I was talking to my friends that almost all my married friends, ladies, are not acting as if they are married. They are not behaving mature. They behave like babies. You still post your breasts. You still, and I wonder why is your husband not even complaining to start with. Still acting as if no class. You want a godly sister, but you are ungodly. Set your priorities right. Set your priorities right. Amen. See, don't let these words just be another service. Please know where you are going. And, and all those excesses, cut it off. If you have, there is this habit called masturbation. It is a typical time waster. I've told you all before that I used to masturbate. I never masturbated as an unbeliever. When I gave my life to Christ was when I started masturbating. And this was how it happened. A friend of mine posted a twerk video. 
That was when twerking started that time. That it became popular. I even rebuked that. How can you do this? But something messed with my mind. I went back over and over. I was still criticizing. I wasn't enjoying it. But it was strange. Because I'd never seen something so ridiculous before. It's only people on TV that I will see misbehaving. But this is my friend doing this. But it's messed with me. And since then, I will have work to do, and yet I'll be masturbating. Amen. Set your priorities right. Don't waste your time. Because your time is your life. If you waste your time, you are wasting your life. Praise Jesus. What have we learned so far? Divine success means to be aided spiritually. To be aided spiritually. And the secrets of getting such support. The first thing is what? Number one, carry God along. Number two, the knowledge of the word of God. Number three, believe and focus. Yes. Number four, learn what you're doing. Number five, Amen. You don't need to cram them in your head. Just let the words sink into your spirit and you will live it out naturally. If you are here today and you are not yet born again, you've not received Christ into your heart, you cannot receive a supernatural aid. You can't. You can't get it. But if you want to receive Christ today, that God may be your support also, please can you just wave your hands? Can you just wave your hands? This is what qualifies us for supernatural support. If we are all born again here, then that is beautiful. Can we just rise up together just for a moment and just talk to God today? And let us do number one. Number one is what? Carry God along. Can you speak to God this day and talk to God and say, Father, in this thing I'm pursuing, call the thing and say, help me. Help me. This is divine success. This is how we attain divine success. We get a supernatural aid. We get a supernatural aid. Talk to God this morning. Talk to God this morning and say, Father, help me supernaturally. Aid me. Assist me this day. Even though you started without God, it is not too late. Still tell him about it. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. When I started, I didn't tell you. I took the job. I didn't, I didn't ask you. Now I'm, I'm going through challenges. But Lord, now I want to take you along. Please, what do I do? Talk to him this day. Talk to him this day. It is never too late to call on God. Peter was sinking. Matthew 14, verse 30. And he said, he cried out, Master, save me. Talk to the Lord this day and say, Master, save me. Lord, help me. We have few seconds to go. Please take, take control. Take, take charge of this moment. And tell God to help you. He will never step into that situation if you don't allow him. Tell him that, Father, help me. I'm in need of your help. I can see some of us praying. Please pray. Tell him we have just few seconds. In fact, I'm after time already. Just do this. Father, help me. Help me in this thing I'm doing. Please, God. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Can we give God a loud amen?
Hallelujah.